Welcome back, everybody. We are in week seven, week six for college football, episode seven of Hedging Happiness. This week, we, we did get the episode right. We had a little confusion last week. But this week, we're going to do a little week six recap with kind of a new segment. It's going to be a different outline for what you guys are normally used to. We're going to do a little lay of the land where we're going to give the top 10 teams of college football and give what the remaining tests are and the percent their chance that they're going to make the college football playoff. We'll do a week seven preview as always with our week seven picks. And of course, at the end, we're going to do a snake draft in the spirit of Halloween, your best Halloween candy to get. So let's get started with week six recap. I think it's safe to say that that might have been the best slash the craziest college football week that I remember in a long time. Anytime Bama goes down, it's got to, in the regular season to an unranked team, it's got to make one of the be one of the top weeks of the college football year. You never see it happen. Not only that, they go down to or Saban loses to his first assistant coach ever. It was definitely one to remember. So I guess I'll start there. Alabama goes down to Texas A&M. Man, this Bama team just it looks vulnerable. They can come out and kill Ole Miss, struggle against Florida. And I think that Florida game, people look back on and say, maybe neither team is as good as we thought. They come out, play with Ole Miss well, and then they lay a huge egg against a what we thought to be a very pedestrian Texas A&M team. And now you're looking at their schedule and their chances of making the college football playoff, and you're like, I have no idea. And if they lose again, they probably won't make it to the college football playoff. And we'll talk about that within the lay of the land. But that game was different because obviously they went down big early. And then they started to come back. And it was one of those games where you just thought Bama would win at the end of the day. Especially when they tied it up. And then they didn't. So then people, myself, start to ask these questions of Alabama. Like you just said. Are they as good as we think? They obviously have extremely deep talent, but maybe they don't have the talent we're used to. And I think a team like Georgia, they seem to have that talent. And we'll talk about them in just a second. The other big game here was, another big game was number three, Penn State at number four, Iowa. And that was another kind of a crazy game. And I came out of that game thinking, I don't, I don't think any of these teams are that good. Iowa had no business winning that game. They were dead to rights until Penn State's quarterback went down with an injury. And then they started to claw back and they win 23 to 20 in a very close game against a backup quarterback. And again, my thoughts with that game, I just don't see either one of these teams really having a true shot of winning a national championship this year. No, I completely agree. I I watched that game, and Penn State was very clearly the better team up until the quarterback injury. And then Iowa was able to scrape it out. But you're going to go up against good quarterbacks for more than two quarters in the college football playoff, and you're not going to be able to just scrape it out and hope that that another team's quarterback gets hurt. These Iowa, great defense, maybe, but offense, huge issue, huge question mark. And I think... 
it prevents them ultimately from getting into the college football playoff. But if they somehow made it, I think they could get boat raced. And then finally, you have the Georgia-Auburn game. And this was a, a lot more of the same from Georgia. Just suffocating defense, very, very solid offense. Run game ultimately took over late in the game, and Auburn didn't have an answer. Bo Nix tried to pull off the Johnny Manziel scramble around forever and wait for someone to open up, but it's just, it's not going to work against this caliber of a defense. And it'll just be very interesting if Georgia doesn't win it all, what it takes to beat this team. Is it, I don't think they're going to go to sleep. I think they're, they may actually be good enough to go to sleep on a game, but if they play in a big game like the college football playoff, what's it going to take for a team to beat them? Is it going to take miraculous quarterback play a la Johnny Manziel beating Bama at Bama? Or is it going to take injuries from Georgia? I, I don't know. Right now it looks like Georgia is far and away the best team and doesn't look like they'll slip up anytime soon. Yeah, your point about them beating teams even if they do fall asleep, I think their defense is so good. Their defense will be good every single game. The old phrase, defense travels. When you play on the road, your offense, their offense doesn't need to be anything special, and they can still win by 14 points with a average offense because that's how good this defense has been. I think if they stay healthy on the defensive side, they can walk into the college football playoff, at least to the SEC championship. I don't think they're going to lose. I just think this defense is unlike anything we've ever seen before. What I can't reconcile is ever since maybe Deshaun Watson's Clemson team winning the national championship, offense has always dominated defense. It doesn't matter how good the defense was. I remember when Georgia played LSU in the uh, SEC championship games a couple years ago, I thought that Georgia defense was amazing and LSU's offense was that much better. I don't know if it's Georgia's defense is just that much better than every other defense we've ever seen or if there just doesn't exist an offense out there right now that can challenge this defense the way that we've seen in the past with these transcendent quarterbacks. Yeah, that could definitely be the case because the last two years we've had arguably the two best offenses in college football history going back to Joe Burrow's LSU team and Mac Jones in Alabama. Those two, you thought LSU for sure, best offensive team in history. And then Alabama, somehow next year, you say the best offensive team in history, potentially. And there's definitely not an offensive team like that this year. But that's those were the three big games from week, week six. We'll go into our picks. I think it was a little better. You went two and one. That's a win on this Huge podcast. win. Huge win. We still haven't been able to sweep the board yet. I went two and two, and I believe Matt went one and two. So, I don't know. Maybe, maybe we're cursed. I'll go with my picks first, and this is why I think we're a little cursed. I won the Michigan game, lost BYU, won Georgia, and then I lost Bama. And the first time, I think this is the first time I've picked Bama all year. They're 17 and a half point favorites and they lose the game outright. To me, we can say Bama wasn't good. Texas A&M played great that game. 
I think I owe Nick Saban an apology because if I don't pick Bama, they probably win that game. I think I have that much power right now, which whoever team I'm on, expect them to potentially lose like outright. That's how cursed our podcast is right now. I would say that Bama game, maybe beginning of the second half, halfway through the second half, it was clear they were never going to cover. Right, and how often does that happen to a Bama team where they're just and they're down? But how how often are they just totally out of the picture for covering a spread? It's I feel like it's very rare. Yeah, very very rare, and that's again I I'm gonna stick to it for this week. We are I'm cursed. The podcast is cursed. You are starting to get a little bit more traction though. So you went what two and one? Yeah, I'm hoping that the the curse is lifted. Maybe. Uh, it, it seems like Halloween's a good date to be lifted, but that means two more weeks of suffering. But it seems like I am tur- could be turning it around. I won the Michigan minus two and a half, got very lucky with that line. It ultimately went to three and a half for a lot of people. The other one, Tennessee, again, over in the first quarter. That was such a great win from the Vols. Stress-free betting. It's one of those bets where you say, man, why did I not bet more? How could I have not seen this coming? And then obviously the lock of Kentucky LSU under looked so, so good in the first half. There were 14 points scored, 14-0 Kentucky. And then just the top came off and I think 62 points were scored in total. I, I don't know what happened. If you would have told, told me at halftime I get to take that bet again, I'd take it again because it looked so good. But ultimately I labeled it as a lock and therefore uh, it, it was never, never going to hit. No, and I think it's funny because we kind of mentioned it last week. Our first ever over-under turns out to be an under, and we talk about the reason of why we hate the unders because you can have this nonsense happen where everything looks so good, and then in a span of five minutes, your bet is completely ruined, flipped upside down, the over looks good, the over hits comfortably, when in reality, it should have never been a comfortable overhit but that's why the betting the under is so so stressful and that's why you know maybe we'll see another under this week I don't know a little foreshadowing we'll, we'll see before we get into our week seven picks though our new segment here lay of the land we kind of feel like this is a good probably halfway point in the season right it might be exactly half point so we're going to give the top 10 teams in the AP rankings and we're going to give a list of the remaining tests, and then we'll give a percentage of the chance to make the college football playoff. Let's start with the number one team in the country, Georgia. Yep, so Georgia looks to be far and away the best team in college football. Every time we think they might have a test or an interesting game, they pass it with flying colors. Their starting quarterback is out. It doesn't matter. It seems like no matter what is thrown at them, they find a way to navigate it and and absolutely crush teams. For the rest of the year, their big games are against number 11 Kentucky this weekend. They have to play Georgia, or sorry, they have to play Florida in the neutral site game at Jacksonville, which I don't think anyone is worried about from Georgia's perspective, and then they'll have to play in the SEC championship. I don't see Georgia dropping this week to Kentucky. I don't see them dropping against Florida. The SEC championship game, I think, is interesting, though. I can look at it from two ways. 
they're probably going to play Bama. And will Georgia do what they did a few years ago and beat Bama in the SEC championship only to lose to them later? Situation number one, Kirby Smart says, we're not showing anything to Bama. We're going to give them a vanilla package because we know we, we can beat this team later. And so they roll out a very plain Jane offense, a very plain Jane defense, and they lose the game. Knowing full well, they'll still make the playoff. That's situation number one. Situation number two is they say, look, we don't want Bama anywhere close to this playoff. We don't want to see Saban again. Therefore, we're just going to go ahead and beat them. I could see it going either way. Uh, but ultimately give Georgia a 90% chance of making the college football playoff at this point in the season. Yeah, and I think somehow that can even be considered a conservative percentage, right? Because they almost feel like they're going to 100% make it. How are they going to slip up in a regular season game? But like you said, that SEC championship game will be very, very interesting. My personal opinion is I think Georgia, best team in the country. I still think Alabama's probably the second best team in the country. They just had a really, really bad game. With that thought process, I think Georgia will want to, like you said, get them out of the playoff. They don't want to see them again. If Alabama's not in the playoff, it's theirs to lose, right? And I think that's how it'll go. But like you said, it could go either way. The number two team we have is Iowa. They are another undefeated team with a couple good wins so far, right? I think Iowa State is one of their better wins. They look like they're getting better. They're not a great team, but they're getting better. We'll see what they do towards the end of the year. That could turn out to be a decent, good to great win, potentially on how Iowa State finishes. And then obviously this past weekend against Penn State. These are their ne- like the next toughest games that they have to finish their regular season is at Wisconsin. Not a great team we've seen. At Nebraska, they're a frisky team in terms of they can't really beat anybody, but they always lose close games. And we saw them against Michigan, another close game for them. But again, neither one of those teams are great. But here's the kicker for me. It's the Big Ten Championship. Do they get Ohio State? Do they get Penn State? Do they get Michigan? We will see. I think they obviously shown that they can beat Penn State. I think they could beat Michigan. Even Michigan State is in this contention for the Big Ten Championship. But I don't think they beat Ohio State. I give them a 35% chance to make the college football playoff. And that's basically, I'm giving them a 35% chance to potentially beat Ohio State. I agree with that. I think Iowa's going to figure their way into, they're going to make the Big Ten championship, right? Their side of the Big Ten division is very, very bad compared to the other side. It's just going to be, can they win that game? And without an offense, I just don't see how that's possible. So the next team, number three, you've got the Cincinnati Bearcats. And this is is an interesting situation because I think at this point in the season, being number three, you would say there's no way Cincinnati doesn't make it, right? Their schedule is very front of the season heavy. They got by their first, their first and really only test beating or winning at Notre Dame. 
they don't really have another game on the schedule that I look at and say, that's one they're circling. That's when they absolutely, you know, could be a toss up. I think Cincinnati's issue is they're going to have to win convincingly because whoever comes out, let's say Georgia makes it no matter what and Bama wins the SEC somehow then you have an Ohio State team or a Big Ten team that's going to win and probably get in. And then what happens if Oklahoma goes undefeated? It's a very real situation that Cincinnati could get into where people look at their schedule and say, Ugh, it's still not very good. Notre Dame could easily lose a couple more games, making that win look worse. Cincinnati, maybe next year. And so what I think Cincinnati has to do is just win convincingly. For the rest of the year, even though there's no big games, to no marquee games, I should say, to to win, you have to you have to look like you're the third best team in the country. Like, what would Alabama do to UCF and SMU and some of these and Tulane and some of these other teams that Cincinnati is doing? That's what Cincinnati has to do week in week out is just win convincingly. They need style points. They need style points to kind of hit that qualification of the eye test that the committee uses yes a hundred percent and so because of that i'm actually only going to give them a 60 percent chance of making it because i think it's too tough to leave potentially georgia alabama oklahoma and ohio state out of the out of the college football playoff if two of the or if, if they only have one loss and are all conference champions if Cincinnati goes undefeated and they don't get in, they should they have every right to not even play next season and say what's the point? If we don't expand it, we shouldn't we shouldn't even play next year because we did everything we can. We're not going to play next year. This is a good debate topic. If you're Cincinnati, well, I understand college football schedules are made well in advance. But if you're Cincinnati, you have to put another team on there on your schedule, right? Like they scheduled Notre Dame to their credit and you don't really know what teams are going to look like four years from now. But outside of Notre Dame, they played IU. And that's really... It was a top 15 team to start the season. It's not their fault they're no good this year. No, but historically you look at an IU team and you say, like when they scheduled IU four years ago, they did not say IU probably going to be a top 15 team. They got lucky in that aspect. Whereas Notre Dame, like probably top 15 like right now, they should be scheduling, they should be looking at the top 15, top 20, and maybe schedule a Kentucky, maybe a Michigan. You got to just throw a couple games on there in case you have one of these seasons where you need a marquee win. Because look at look at all who all these other teams are playing. It's like they're running through the gauntlet. And Cincinnati, and this is another knock on them, they're not going to be on national television for any of these games probably, right? They're going to be on these, or it's going to be ESPN 8, the Ocho. And so they're not going to get a lot, get a lot of looks, and that's that means a lot, I think, going into the college football playoff. It could. They're they're the team that's just so interesting in how the committee handles everything that you just said. So they'll be very interesting come if they have an undefeated schedule, an undefeated record coming into that decision day. The number four team is Oklahoma. I don't even know what to say about them. Yes, you do. They are so back. (laughs) Exactly. Every week, they're not back. Then the next week, they're back. And then they flip-flop, flip-flop. It's it's a nightmare with them. I don't know how to judge this team. I will say they look better 
with Caleb Williams, the freshman quarterback that came in, to come back against their biggest rival, Texas, last week and win that game the way they did, it has to inspire confidence to everybody in Oklahoma, in Norman, I should say, that they can go undefeated, make it to the college football playoff, and get things figured out for the college football playoff. With that, they play TCU this weekend. That's a team that's given them trouble in previous years. They're favored, I think, I don't know, now they're 13 and a half, but that might have been with the news of the starting quarterback. We'll get into that game later with some of our picks. But then they play at Baylor, who's another team that's exceeded expectations this year. That could be a tough game. And then their big one at the end of the year, another rivalry game, Battle at, battle at the Bedlam, right, at Oklahoma State. They are number 12 right now. That'll be a tough, tough game. And if they make it through all these tough uh, these games, they go to Big 12 championship again. And who could that be? Could it be Oklahoma State again? Or could it maybe be Texas again? And if it's Texas, throw everything you know about that game, what anything, throw it out, because it's going to be pure chaos again. And that's my opinion. With that... I give them a 40% chance. I just can't trust this team yet. I can't trust them. You're a bit higher. What would you give them right now? Because you're a bit higher on them. Let me put it this way. Gun to your head, is Oklahoma going undefeated the rest of the way? I don't think so. And that's why I have them at 40. I just don't trust this team. Even Okay, what if I said this? What if I said Caleb Williams will start every game from here on out? Does, does your answer change? I think I feel they have a better chance at going undefeated, but there's crazy. He's a, he's a freshman quarterback. How do we not know he's going to have a freshman quarterback kind of game at Oklahoma State, even at TCU, or excuse me, at home against TCU this week? There's too many question marks with this team to give them over a 50% chance so far. And that's why I'm putting them at 40, which is, I still think that, that could be a little high. Fair enough. Fair enough. Moving on to number five, no, Alabama. And this is such an interesting one. I, they don't have really anybody for the rest of the season, right? They, go, they play Arkansas at, towards the end of the year, and then they'll presumably be in the SEC championship game. This is a team that I just, I believe... Nick Saban is going to going to crush verbally in practice physically I think this team could be so well tuned it for college football playoff time for SEC championship time that they're ready to rock and roll I think sometimes a loss takes a lot of pressure off a team and it lets you identify weaknesses a little bit easier like wins mask problems Right, and it seems that this Alabama team hasn't lost in what 19 games or something crazy like that. Come back to earth, like get back to Nick Nick Saban football. I think this team, and I think Georgia isn't going to try super hard in the in the SEC championship game. I think Bama has a very high likelihood of making the college football playoff. Still, I put it at 60 percent, 60 percent chance. Yeah, and like I said earlier, I believe they're the second best team in college football. 
but they can't lose again. So they have to beat Georgia. They have to beat Arkansas. They have to beat Auburn, I believe. They still have Auburn on the schedule. I don't know. It's, it's an interesting one. I think if you strictly take the best teams, they would no, no doubt be in. It all is going to come down to what kind of game Georgia shows up to. And we'll see. That's why that weekend, that championship weekend, is going to be awesome. Especially if the teams that we expect to be in those games are actually in the games. But that brings into number six now. Ohio State. Oh, gosh, man, I'm kind of back on these guys. I was down on them after they. you were at the game. Ohio State, you said they stink. Was it, you know, Oregon's good this year. We both thought Oregon was good. They're not very good or they're okay. I, I don't know. They look so good. They haven't played anyone the last three weeks, but I think they put up 50-plus points in the last three weeks. You know, Is C.J. Stroud, their quarterback, figuring it out? I don't know. The only thing about Ohio State now is they have a tough schedule to finish it out, and they can't afford to lose a game again. They play Penn State, Michigan State, and then they're at Michigan at the end of the year. And then potentially, if they win all those games, the Big Ten Championship, which would what we think will be is Iowa. Those are tough games. They're all top ten teams right now. In my ideal world, I would love Ohio State and Michigan to win, win out going into that last week, I believe, before the championship. Basically, it's winner gets to the Big Ten Championship. And if you tell me that scenario right there, winner goes to the Big Ten Championship, Michigan loses by 30 against Ohio State. It's it's a new year, same result. And that was the whole real or fake thing with Michigan. They're not real until they beat Ohio State. I want to see that really bad. I put their chances at 35%. I just think, I think again, that schedule, they could potentially slip up. If they win it, if they win all those games, they're in the playoff. That's what I think. I I agree. What's what's unfortunate for Ohio State is if they win that Oregon game, they have their new quarterback, right? If they win that Oregon game, they have the next four games, probably five games to start get the get the machine humming, right? And that's kind of what it seems they're doing now, right before they run into this huge, you know, this gauntlet of a schedule. But is it too late? You know, can you you can't have two losses? I don't think, and and get in the college football playoff. They may be able to sneak sneak into the Big Ten championship with a loss. I don't know, but this back half they had to know this back half of the schedule before entering it. They needed to be undefeated because there are a lot of good teams remaining. I agree with you though. I think if they can both both Michigan and Ohio State can be undefeated, then that game becomes very becomes amazing. And Michigan gets crushed. I don't, I don't care about the X's and O's. Ohio State just has their number until they don't. I have an interesting scenario for you. Actually, I'll get to it. I'll, I'll, we'll, I'll wait till I bring up the scenario. Why don't you take the next team? Okay. Penn State, who just came off a loss to Iowa. And I was not high on this Penn State team. But when I watched... Clifford play at quarterback. I mean, they were slicing and dicing Iowa's defense, who is presumed to be maybe the second best defense in college football behind Georgia. Granted, a, a distant second, 
but they looked very good. Their defense was very strong. And, I mean, Clifford made some bad mistakes, but the defense covered for him. I just, I don't know the extent of Clifford's injury. I don't know that they're good enough to now run the table to make the Big Ten championship game. They still have to play Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State. I think, and we said it last week, that game against Iowa was not a must win for Iowa. Iowa had a very has a very soft schedule the remainder of the year. It was a must win for Penn State. And I think I think after losing it, they're essentially out. I give them a five percent chance to make the college football playoff. Yeah, that completely makes sense. I think if I you know, if you were to play devil's advocate, if they go on and win all these next remaining games, then it turns out that Iowa game wasn't a must win. But what you're saying, and I agree with it, they're not going to win all of those games, which is why that game was a must-win. But yeah, I 5% seems about spot-on. One of those teams they play, you said Michigan, they're ranked number 8 right now. Again, this whole Big Ten, they've all played each other. So in two, three weeks, four weeks, everything we're talking about now could just be flipped on its head because... It honestly could be chaos. We have four, three teams in the Big Ten West, right? Or whatever they call it now, that are in the top ten. To, to Four teams. To illustrate it, you have on one side, you have Michigan, Michigan State, Penn State, Ohio State. All in the same division. Only, Six, seven, eight, ten. Only one of those teams can be, represent their division in the Big Ten Championship. On the other side of the Big Ten, you have Iowa and a bunch of nothings. So Iowa will represent the other side. So it'll be one of those four against Iowa in the Big Ten Championship. And they none of them have played each other, really, on the Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan, Michigan State side. Yeah, and within the last six weeks of the season, they will play each other, which is Michigan has at Michigan State, at Penn State, and at home against Ohio State. If they win all those, again, then they play Iowa. Four very tough games. This Michigan team is a good team. I don't think they're a great team. I don't think they have the firepower to win all of these games. Even if they beat Michigan State, even if they beat Penn State, I don't think they beat Ohio State. I don't think they really have a chance in that game. I don't know. I put their chances at 8%, even though they're undefeated right now. I just don't think they have enough talent to get over this gauntlet of a schedule that they have completely agree i think when you play this many and they're ranked high right that's not to say that they're all very good teams but they're ranked high when you have this many ranked important games in a row you better be even if you're much better than all the teams you're playing you can still like slip up so if you're on par then you're definitely gonna lose one of the coin flips Right, And I think that's the situation that, like you said, Michigan, Michigan State, we'll get to later, but I think those teams are in, is that they're not head and heels above the rest of the group, and so they're going to they're gonna drop one, maybe two. And when you're a team like Michigan who's going up against these really tough games, when I say tough, both quality and the style of football that Big Ten brings, you have to be deep. And it's something that on paper you don't necessarily prepare for in two, three weeks. But injuries could be a really big thing where you have teams like Georgia and Bama. If they lose guys to injury, 
they replace him with a five-star. Ohio State's in that category too. I think if they get banged up even the slightest in this stretch, they really don't have a chance. But that's that's a question mark. We don't root for injuries, obviously, but it is something that could potentially happen. Next is number nine, Oregon. And I hate talking about the Pac-12 because it's such a non-issue in the college football landscape the last handful of years. Oregon plays nobody the remainder of the year. No, I don't think any, yes, confirmed, no ranked teams as of now. They need serious help. Even if they win out, that loss to Stanford hurts them so bad. And the fact that they're not playing any marquee matchups, they need everyone in the Big Ten to beat up on each other to where everyone maybe has two losses. They need Bama to lose to Jordan in the SEC Championship. Maybe Oklahoma to slip up. I mean, they just need so much stuff to happen that all they can worry about is winning out and hoping for the best. I give them a 10% chance of making the college football playoff. I think it's great to see that our data analytics guy is back and finally gave one correct stat that there's no ranked Pac-12 teams other than Oregon. It's good to see that, you know, someone's doing something right now. Here's my hypothetical, my hypothetical that I was getting to when we talked about Ohio State. If Oregon runs the table and Ohio State runs the table, who do you have? I know who I have, but that's going to be a crazy, crazy controversy because Ohio State, they'll both have the same record, but Ohio State will have lost to Oregon. They will have a better resume, but they will have played head-to-head at home against Oregon, and they lost. Who would you put in? This is one of those situations where it's like Cincinnati for me. Or if that situation does unfold, the only way Oregon can go in ahead of Ohio State is if they are just crushing teams. If Oregon's going up and putting 50 on every team, winning by 30 plus, and people are like, oh, this Oregon team's actually really good, and then they crush whoever they're playing in the Pac-12 championship game, then I think there's like a question there. But it's just very tough when Ohio State's about to play so many good teams, and if they win the Big Ten, that you're going to put them over it. But at the same time, they did play head-to-head. I think the head-to-head means more if it were later in the season, unfortunately. I think in the beginning of the season, it's tough to make a comparison on those teams. For sure. I think that would be very, very frustrating for Oregon fans because I think if that scenario happens, Ohio State gets in, argue the head-to-head all you want, Ohio State's going to get in if that if that happens, and Oregon will be very upset. So that brings us to, once again, another Big Ten team, Michigan State. This is going to sound like a broken record, so I'll be quick. They play Michigan. They play Ohio State. At Ohio State, they play Penn State. They're not going to win these games. They might win one or two. doesn't matter. They have a 2% chance to get in. This team's played nobody. They've exceeded expectations by it uh, so much they were horrible last year they're not going to win these games let's not talk about them too much two percent chance so with that that was our first ever lay of the land this could be funny come three weeks to see how everything unfolds especially with this year of college football let's hear everything has gone real quick give me your top four for the college football playoff after everything that's happened so far yeah so last week really quick i had Alabama, Georgia, Cincinnati, and Ohio State. I'm going to say Georgia, Cincinnati, 
Ohio State. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Who? Jeez, this is insane. Like I would want to say Alabama. I don't th- Yeah, Alabama. Sure. Number 4. Put All right. There. Mine Georgia. Number 2 is going to be Oklahoma. Number 3 is going to be Sorry, number 1 Georgia, number 2 Ohio State, number 3 Oklahoma no, it's got can't, Bama can't be four because Georgia's one. If Bama makes it, Georgia's dropping, right? So it's number one has to be Oklahoma. Number two is Bama. Number three is Ohio State. Number four is Georgia. There you go. That's, oh my That's, gosh. That is a guy, hot take. <laughs> this guy with Oklahoma at number one. They're going to be the only team that hasn't lost, I think. I think they're going to be the only undefeated team. Cincinnati will be undefeated, but they won't make it. That's incredible. This is awesome. Maybe in a couple weeks we'll revisit, and that'll kind of be – we'll change it every single time, naturally. But we'll revisit these – our predictions for who we think will get in in a couple weeks here. Next week, though, week seven, we've got three games. It's kind of a week – a week week. It is. If you will, for this week, uh, week seven. We've got – Number 11, Kentucky at number 1, Georgia. Number 12, Oklahoma State at number 25, Texas. And this guy, I'll give him his time. He puts in number 13 at Tennessee. Before we get to that game, we'll go take the reins on number 11, Kentucky at number 1, Georgia. Yeah, so this game, throw out the rankings, Georgia's favored by 23.5. No one, I don't know if Georgia will play another game this year where they're not favored by 20 or more, which like just says so much about this team. If this game were in Kentucky, I think it 10% chance is interesting. It's in it's in Athens, 0% chance is interesting. Georgia Kentucky, Kentucky's offense isn't great. I know they put up what 42. They put up a lot of points against LSU last week, but this is not LSU, an LSU defense. This is a Georgia defense. Georgia's going to steamroll them, and it's going to be over in the very beginning of the second quarter. I think Kentucky's punching way above their weight in this game and just gets absolutely, absolutely destroyed. I love it. One of our marquee games of the week. Going to be over at the start of the second quarter. <laughs> One to watch. Real exciting stuff. Number 12, Oklahoma State at number 25, Texas. Spread, I believe, is Texas minus 5.5. It's in Austin. I don't really know what's going on in the Big 12. I don't think there's really that great of a team. I think it's generally a relatively weak conference this year. The only thing I really think is kind of, is this a real or fake game for Oklahoma State? I put kind of. Even if they beat Texas, then I consider them a little bit more real. But there's still a lot of question marks on this team. I don't think they really have enough to be in consideration for a college football playoff yet. We'll see. It should be a shootout again. That's pretty much what the Big 12 is known for. It will be an exciting game, and it could be the complete opposite in terms of points scored than that Kentucky-Georgia game. Agreed. So I'm going to I'm going to merge our last week 7 preview game with my first like since they're the same. This is number 13 Ole Miss at unranked Tennessee. 
The line is Ole Miss minus three and a half, and the over-under is 80 points. And I say that just so everyone can understand the type of game that betters are expecting. At three and a half Ole Miss, over under 80, they're expecting Ole Miss to win like 42 to 38. It's in Knoxville. It's a night game. They are checkerboarding the stadium. People are going to be liquored up. It's going to be the state. They've already sold out the game, 102,000 fans. It is going to be a raucous environment. And add on top of that, this is the first time that Lane Kiffin is coming back as a head coach to coach against the Vols, which he left by the wayside when he bolted for USC. Apart from all of the intangibles that I just mentioned, Tennessee is rolling right now. I, look, I wish I could be unbiased. This is my object. This is me being objective, though. They have scored over a hundred points in their last two games, and and these are not games where they're playing Bowling Green or Tennessee Tech. They were they played in a Missouri team that they crushed, and they Tennessee was underdogs. Then they played South Carolina and crushed, and Tennessee was ten and a half point favorites. But it's not like they're playing you know the low lifes of college football. This is going to be two high powered offenses though. Ole Miss is by all accounts Ole Miss is going to score a million points, and Tennessee is going to score a million points. But at the end of the day, I think Tennessee's defense is much better at stopping the run than Ole Miss. And I think Tennessee will control the pace of the game. But by all accounts, it's going to be an insane game. My my key stat for you, though, is that Ole Miss's run defense gives up about 225 yards per game, and Tennessee's run offense gets 289 yards per game. So I think it's going to be Tennessee running all over them, controlling the game, going hurry up, but it they're going to suck clock, keep Matt Corral off the field. The, the pick is taking the home underdog, Tennessee, plus three and a half. Not surprising one bit that you're going with Tennessee. I, I think, first of all, we, we're going to have to dig deep into our budget and really pay our data analytics guy extra this week with all these key stats <laughs> you're, you're giving out. I don't know if we have the budget for it. So here, we're going we're gonna to change it up here. I'm going to give my lock of the week now because it also is this game. Everything that Luke just said, high-powered offenses, really good run offense against a terrible run defense. I looked at the line, and it, it all depends kind of what site you go to, what, where you're looking at. I got the line over-under at 81. I'm, my lock is going to be the under 81 I didn't talk to our data analytics guy this week. I didn't know any of those stats. What I do know is 81 looks really high. I see a line like that and I say, I don't like it. I don't want it. Yes, Ole Miss defense is atrocious. They actually, that game had 100 points in it last week when they played Arkansas. Is that a little scary? Maybe. But I think they tighten it up enough after giving up that many points. This is a game where what, like four stops in the game and the under might hit? I don't know. I like those chances. I'm going to go with under 81. That's my lock of the week. What do you think about that? I think you're right. Like, if you have the over and there's a punt, you are so scared, right? And honestly, I've seen so many games where it could be 
14-14 after the first quarter. And that still means that the over is still barely on pace, right? Like this would have to be total fireworks to, to hit 80 points for the entire game. And if it starts that way, I think you got to be nervous because I don't think these offenses are slowing down. But if it if you can get through the first quarter with like giving up 10 to 15 points, I think you're you're set. Yeah, and that's the thing. Within the first three drives, if it's touchdown in the first three minutes, touchdown in a four-minute drive, touchdown, yeah, uh, I'll be a little nervous. I think the biggest issue but, you have is that both of these offense are like crazy hurry-up. Like I think Tennessee runs the most number of plays per minute in college football. And if those, even if those are incompletions, that's like a 30 second drive, right? And then they're punting and they could get it back in 30. And it just, it's so many, I think it's so many more drives than a typical, obviously like a big 10 football game that it, it maybe you can get away with a couple more punts here and there, but I agree. It's, it's a, it's a big over. Here's my take. And this will be the last thing on my lock. This game could come down to teams going for it on fourth down and not converting. That's what it could come down to. Like maybe a three-minute drive, they get inside the you know 45 and they go for it and they don't get it. I'm gonna need some of that luck because in general these teams don't really like to punt. But I'll give my like now. I have another game that we previewed, and I'm I'm, I'm gonna be so upset because I'm looking at all these picks. I've got number 11 Kentucky at number one Georgia. Another over under 44 and a half. It's in Georgia. I'm taking the under again. We introed the show with the recap with your picks of how unders are so stressful. And yet I'm picking two unders. I don't like it already, but maybe that's going to be my best week because I don't like my picks this week. Anyways, my thoughts on this game is we've talked about Georgia's defense all year long and how they might be the best defense we've ever seen. Both these teams are pretty run-oriented offenses, which means that clock will be ticking. Tick, 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 tick. I like the under, 44 and a half. Dude, two under picks. You are, you're going to be a big ball of stress at the end of this weekend. <laughs> Uh, you know what? When when you're having a year like me, you change everything you've done. And what's the most radical change you can make? The under. And two unders? My goodness. Again, I, I don't like the picks, but that's probably what I need at this point. Me to hate my picks going into a game to get me some wins. Dovetailing your like under is my love same game, Kentucky at Georgia. Georgia is favored by 23 and a half. They're playing in Athens, Georgia at Sanford Stadium. And look, if they're saying, I'll do the quick math. If they're saying 44 is the under, that means that they think the final score will be like 32, 33 to 10. 34 to 10. Yeah, 34, 34 to 10. 10. That, I mean... I, I, we, we say it every week, like, man, if you get a couple touchdowns, if Kentucky can find a way to get a couple touchdowns, they cover immediately, right? There's no Georgia's going to pull the foot off the gas. Like, their defense is going to slow down the game. The game's going to be slow in general. I completely agree with your assessment. Eventually, this Georgia defense has to give up a couple touchdowns, right? I, I don't think 
Kentucky's offense is that high-powered. But they're a good football team. They have a solid defense. They're missing a couple players on the defensive line that that really could hurt them. But I'll take 23.5 points all day long. Eventually, I think this Georgia team will stumble and will check out for a game. I don't. I, I think it could be this week against a Kentucky team who is definitely psyched to play the number one team of the nation. I wish the game was at Kentucky, but... I'm still taking Kentucky plus 23 and a half. It's a big number. I think that's like your pick with is similar to my Ole Miss Tennessee pick. You look at the number and that's you're betting the number, not really the teams or the game. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So my love, my love is Texas Tech at Kansas. The line is Texas Tech minus 16 and a half. It's in Lawrence. Again, I'll keep this short and sweet. Kansas is not good at all they're one of the worst power five teams we've ever seen ever their last four games they've given up 49 points 45 points 52 and 59 points and one of those games was against duke and they stink as well (laughs) that's a ton of points to be given up I don't really know much about Texas Tech. I do know Kansas is no good. 16.5 feels like they should cover that. Texas Tech minus 16.5. All right, so we're just going to end it with my lock. And for this, we are going to the TCU at number four Oklahoma game. The Lions, Oklahoma minus 10.5. They're playing in Norman, Oklahoma. And look, I just think this Oklahoma team's a fraud. I, I don't think they have it. I don't think that... No, I'm just kidding. We're definitely going Oklahoma. We're definitely going Oklahoma. This new quarterback is legit. You don't, if you're a freshman, you don't just come into the Texas-Oklahoma game and take the team from, that's 28-7 down and win the game. And not only that, they covered. This guy has to be the real deal. I understand jury's still out, but he has to be the real deal. This TCU team not very good. I think Oklahoma starts to get the ball rolling. It's about to, that Texas is going to snowball into TCU into the rest of their schedule. They're going to end up undefeated. Number one team in the college football playoff rankings. Pound, <laughs> pound Oklahoma minus 10 and a half this week. My goodness, you're, you're something else, pal. You're something else. I need a confidence. Don't, don't panic you dare level. pal me. I need a confidence or panic level after for the OU after every single week with you because that thing is either at the very top of your confidence level or at the very bottom, depending on who they play. I can, I almost guarantee you, I think it was our week three episode where you were saying, they're going to get the ball rolling again. This offense has to figure it out. This defense will figure it out. And what are we in week seven? And you know what? Week seven, that's going to be the week. They're going to figure it out. And Wow, you just get hooked. You're addicted to Oklahoma City. There is there is precedent for this. Look at the college football playoff in I believe 2017 when Tua subs in. This is the college football playoff. It's crazy. There's no way of someone can just come in and pick up and and take the team, lead the team back. He does the next season. That offense is incredible. He gets drafted top 10 in the NFL draft. I think five. Top five. This is precedent. This Caleb Williams guy is going to be the Tua for Oklahoma. 
Yeah, yeah. Oklahoma, Alabama, same exact teams. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, you heard it yeah, here first. Okay. My gosh. All right. Yeah, Oklahoma is back on me. They're not back on mine. I want to make sure everybody knows that. I'm not high on Oklahoma. I will not touch them for the rest of the year. Anyways, those are our picks. Let's get into the Week 7 snake draft. Maybe the most exciting part of the segment we do. It's the most feedback we get from our listeners. I'll tell you what. It's not even close. We get so much more feedback on the snake draft than any other part of the show. It's, yeah, and a lot of it is, actually, excuse me, all of it is how bad our picks are. Whatever, it doesn't get to us. We stay true to our list, and we're going to continue to do that. Please keep giving us crap about how terrible our picks are. We enjoy it. We thrive on We thrive on the criticism. All right, since it's just us two this week, I think the only fair way to do it is flip a coin. I have a beautiful 10-cent dime here. I'm gonna, you guys can't see this. Honor, honor scale, honor code, Scout's Honor, flipped it. I didn't Actually, see, I didn't see any of that. First. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want? Heads or tails heads, first? Heads. Uh-oh, uh-oh, okay, I've got it, I've got it. What do we got here? Looks like heads to me. That is a head. All That's right. a head. Would you like to go first or second? I want first. I don't, think I, get, I don't think I can mess this up. We're taking Reese's Cup, first overall pick. This, this candy... If there was a candy made for Halloween, apart from a couple others, this is the one. It's black. It's orange. It's black. It's uh, perfect wrapping. Perfect packaging. Yeah, it's, that's that's clearly the one. Clear cut number one. Gosh, who thought I would get outdone by heads or tails to start this <laughs> one? All right. Well, that was my one as well. I said that. I'm going to go with two of my favorite candies, regardless of the season. But I do think they are great Halloween candies as well. Kit Kat Snickers, both good chocolate candies. They're not too much chocolate. They've got a bunch of other stuff in the middle. They're great. Kit Kats are the easiest candy to eat too. Like you can have fun eating a chocolate bar, rip it off in half. It gets a nice little crunch to it. Snickers is just a great, great chocolate candy. Those are my two picks. All right, man, this is this is where the, the draft starts going south for me, I think. The next pick has got to be has got to be skittles skittles for the second overall pick and i just think you got to balance when you go trick-or-treating for all the kids listening out there you can't just go all chocolate you can't just go all straight sugar you got to have a nice balance of chocolate and non-chocolate reese's cup skittles and then and then i have to go tootsie rolls real quick real quick the red classic oh, red, red classic red yes although okay a close second are the purple i don't know what those are they're like the tropical. they're like the wild berry yeah yeah, the, yeah. The tropical. those ones are clearly number one but i do think the red bag is more halloween yes exactly and this is halloween focus and that's why i gotta yeah, go tootsie rolls uh for the number three pick and i think no. the thing i like about tootsie rolls is that they're all different shapes and sizes and you tell me do i get to include Tootsie Pops as part of Tootsie Rolls? Absolutely not. Okay, okay. Well, I don't need them anyway. Tootsie Pop, Tootsie Roll. Yeah, but they're, they're both under the Tootsie brand. It's like Reese's Cups, Reese's Pieces. Like It's like very, it's it's worth asking. Anyway. Two different candies. You have to, you need, terrible you need some truly old school candy in there. And this is, there's nothing better than sticking your hand in a big, pot of 
candy and pulling out like 50 Tootsie Rolls and shoving them in your bag. And, and one of the things I struggle with around Halloween time is that I will eat candy too quickly and get obviously get a stomach ache and Tootsie Rolls are all in like their own little packaging. So it, it naturally slows me down a little bit. Oh gosh, that's, that's really rough pick. No, really, really rough pick. I'm so, I'm sorry that you did that. I'm sorry to our listeners. Another week with another shocking Luke Mishu pick. I, I'm I'm rattled right now. I don't know. What's if your I'm pick? Thinking, What's your pick? Come on, before you. I'm you thinking can't trash way too mine. much into this now. Can we do four picks this week? Yeah, I'll, I'll do four. Okay, okay. My next two then are Twix and Nestle Crunch. Dude, okay, you have like a portfolio balancing issue here. You're all chocolate. That's fine. Halloween is despite I do think you need a, a decent balance, but it's a chocolate dominated candy holiday sure it but not, it's not entirely chocolate like you're not giving any credit to the to the other candies you, out there i don't know pal. twix and nestle crunch twix is an elite candy the fact that i'm getting it now very surprising nestle crunch it's that's my underrated candy i think that is a classic halloween candy that you only get in your in your pillowcase or whatever you're halloweening with trick-or-treating with and you love to see it. It's something you normally wouldn't get at the grocery store, but on Halloween, when you get the blue Nestle Crunch, that's a win. Why don't you finish it off with another incredible pick? <laughs> All right. We are gonna go with, for the final pick of, or no, it's not the final pick, is it? It is. Final pick. I got, got, I got lost. I got lost. <laughs> <in> <laughs> <the> <laughs> lost. <laughs> he got lost. Dang it. Um, we're gonna go with, Airheads for the final pick. That's good. I think the that's good. I like that. Portfolio is now perfectly balanced. Yeah, that's a good pick. I I didn't really think about that. I love a good what's your favorite flavor? It's gotta be the mystery, right? Yeah, the white mystery, of course. Yeah, it's not even close. And also really, you can like a, I remember as a kid, like you can't eat like three blue airheads because then people can tell and they were like, Did you just have airheads? And I'm like no, but with the white, you can eat infinite, and what your white, your but your tongue isn't going to turn white, you know. Yeah, I don't think I was necessarily that worried about what color my tongue was going to turn as a kid, but I was sneaking for, candy you know. when I wasn't supposed to be. That was the issue. <laughs> for your for your parents' sake, yeah, your parents would get mad. at you. eat your vegetables first. Yeah, exactly. All right, that's wow. That's a I like it. A four pick, four round snake draft this week. Again, we're going to post this on our Instagram. Little different episode. I think that concludes our episode seven. A little different, as I just said, but I think it, you know, it's going to be a good one. I, two to three weeks, this is going to be very interesting to see how right our lay of the land analysis was, or probably more accurately, how wrong our lay of the land analysis was. As always, though, We appreciate everybody listening. We have a blast doing this, and we will talk to you guys next week.